Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Welcome to Super Chick Party Podcast. My name is Kat Ramzinski, and I just want to say before I start introing this episode that I need to thank Heel Face Wrestling. They have been so awesome and patient with me, and this podcast would not be possible without the help of people like them. They are fantastic in the local Central Texas and really all over Texas wrestling community. Um, They are the backbone of promoting when it comes to Uh, sabotage and various other organizations that they work with and I just absolutely adore them and you need to go check out heelfacewrestling.com right now if you want to know what's going on in the Texas indie scene. I also want to remind you that this podcast is not only available on iTunes but it is also available on Stitcher. Get the Stitcher radio app if you'd like to hear more of the Super Chick Party podcast. I realize and I want to say this um, before I start anything else. I have not been keeping up with the podcast as much as I should and that is my fault. There has been a lot of shit going on in my world ladies and gentlemen and there are no excuses for that but I promise I will stay up to date more frequently. In fact the format of the podcast might even be changing soon and I'm really excited I might have somebody joining me and we might change the content a little bit but we're going to stick with the same theme of wrestling's fucking awesome and of course I'm going to keep you up to date on all things going on with women wrestling. Right now though, I also want to remind you, you can go at us at Super Chick Party Podcast on Twitter. You can go to the Super Chick Party Podcast page on Facebook. Add us there. Send me any comments. Feel free to send me an email, superchickpartypodcast at gmail.com. And check out my other podcast if you are interested in anything related to the Russia investigation. I co-host it with Michael Priest and it is a fun podcast where we make Russia not so fucking boring and easy to understand. And by that, I mean the Mueller probe. That's right. I love wrestling and politics. I'm a weirdo. Anyway, if you caught the last episode, you caught a little glimpse into the life of Adam Serva of Party World Wrestling. And I want to just give him shout outs. That was a fun episode. We did start the China episode in that one. And I know what you're thinking. Kat, is this going to be the next part of the China episode? Fuck no, it's not. You know why? Because her life was fucking crazy crazy and she had a lot going on and there's so much to talk about and new stuff is still dropping even after her death. It's dropping daily on the day day. Uh, We're finding out all sorts of crazy shit about her manager who's still trying to get together this memorial so that he could spread her ashes next to Judy Garland or some shit. Anyway, it's a real shady situation and I'm still looking into it, but we will continue on the next episode with the rest of the China saga. I just want to wrap a few things up with that because you know me I'm a true crime nerd and I gotta get all this shit you know on the lockdown get the facts so that I can present them to you without looking like a fool what else do we got bunch of really cool sabotage shows are coming up if you heard the Candy Lee episode during pride month uh it was one of my favorite interviews and go check it out if you haven't she is killing it in the wrestling circuit in New Zealand right now. And I'm loving all the photos she's posted on Twitter. Go check her out. A lot of crazy things are happening. I don't mean to get too personal, but guys, I have new neighbors moving in above me. And I don't know if you remember the last neighbors I had. I talked about them, I think, in the Miss Elizabeth episodes. Uh, the, the girl, she like fucked all the time. She just had crazy amounts of sex at 
the weirdest times, mainly in the morning. It was strange. Anyway, um, she's not there anymore, I guess. I think I have new neighbors. And they have already seen fit to throw a piece of plyboard on the ground in front of our doorway. And we had a cute little walkway and now it's just like fucked. And uh, they haven't said hi and they just seem kind of in a hurry generally, but they drive a Honda, and a Honda is a really good car. I've always tried to own Hondas. Anytime I have a ride, I don't now. I'm broke. Let's fix that. But Hondas are good cars. They're made out of really hardcore Japanese steel. It's like fucking impossible to get bolts off, and uh, I just, I kind of like cars too, and I gotta say, I respect a Honda driver, so I'm hoping this works out. Maybe they'll be cool. Maybe they won't stomp around like crazy, like like the last neighbors right above us. But I have to say so far they are banging, bashing, stomping and knocking shit over. They have not touched my wheelbarrow though. And I'm glad because I just, oh, by the way, I rescued a wheelbarrow. Someone was throwing a perfectly good one away. It was in the dumpster upside down. Beautiful, like brand new. And it's huge. And I just, I see some shit like that and I can't pass it up. But I live in some tiny, like it's like an apartment within a house and there's no room for a fucking wheelbarrow. I have no use for it but it's just like it's there it's free it looks good I had to take it and now it's kind of just out there in the open little courtyard right outside our door just kind of blocking everything um and now I got this fucking wheelbarrow I don't know what to do I might go sit in it this afternoon we'll see I've been thinking about maybe conducting interviews in it but I'd have to clean it up I don't know if there's DNA in it why would someone throw a good wheelbarrow away that's what bothers me it's like they had to have moved a body in it right anyway so that's what's going on in my life oh yeah and it's gonna be three years soon with my boyfriend Dylan who I absolutely fucking love shout outs at mc lunchbox if you want to add him on twitter he actually might be helping me okay this may pop in the chair i'm gonna burst the bubble but he might be helping me with the podcast we might be teaming up to form our own podcast so that could be really fun and our birthdays are coming up so hopefully we'll go get to see a lot of really good wrestling shows fingers crossed that we will make it to wrestlemania this year um what else what else oh yeah i've been watching a lot of unboxing videos from dark web box Boxes? Oh no, don't watch those. They are scary. A lot of human teeth going around. Anyway, there's an all women's pay-per-view coming up, guys. They just announced that. That was really exciting. I saw some hate. I saw some hate on the internet. And let me tell you, I blocked it out. I can't have none of that can't have none of that hate in my life because I, for one, am so fucking excited about this all women's pay-per-view. It's going to be so delightful. Charlotte is back. And also it is said to be open season on the roster when it comes to this women's pay-per-view. Like obviously we're going to see a lot of women involved. Hopefully some NXT girls will be thrown in there. Some superstars from all across the roster. Most importantly, we're talking about some comebacks here. Like are we going to see Molly Holly? Are we going to see another Molly? Molly go around like that badass moment at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Is Michelle McCool going to cash in one of the Undertaker's favors because he's the head of Wrestler's Court and his wife just gets to fucking come in willy nilly and throw any bitch out of the Royal Rumble she wants? Who knows? Is she going to come in and make a comeback for one night with no purpose whatsoever and make the rest of the roster look weak? Let's hope not. I have faith in this. I'm hoping for a really good Lita and Trish Stratus reunion. I'm hoping for some satisfaction. I'm hoping Lita will continue to wear her Time's Up belt because I think that's hilarious. Um, I want to see a Mickey James 
and Trish moment like I saw at the Royal Rumble. But most importantly, I want to point out that the WWE did a poll across the WWE universe and they said, who do you want to see come back? And overwhelmingly people chose AJ Lee. Two things. Number one, I fucking love AJ Lee and I would shit myself if that happened. Number two, I really want her Funko Pop and it has become an obsession of mine and I don't have enough money for it, but I just want to put that out there in the universe. I want that Funko. Okay, anyway. The G1 Climax, I know that's not women's wrestling, but I'm bringing it up because it's badass and I fucking love it. I have to say, Naito had a really good match, but Jay Lethal, uh, super heel, monster heel, him and Juice Robinson stealing the fucking shows. And I gotta say, Zack Sabre Jr. is amazing. His match with Kenny Omega, I mean, I'm no Meltzer, but I give it a 29 stars. It was amazing. It, I don't know why I picked 29. We're gonna say out of 29, because it was such a good match. The G1 climax lasts so fucking long, and I love it, and I am an all-nighter. Uh, many of you people who know me know I'm an all-nighter, and the G1 climax, NJPW, NJPWworld.com, go check it out. It, oh, oh my gosh. It's just, it's really thrilling. I'm loving what's going down with Tom. Matanga. I'm loving the Roman Reigns cocking his arm and shit. Like, it's so threatening. It's so funny. But anyway, that is enough of that. Today, we're here to talk about one person and one person only. And that person is the fabulous queen herself. And I'm not talking about Charlotte. There's two queens. Okay, I'm going to say it. There's two queens. She's my personal queen, though. I'm talking about Rebby fucking Hardy, you guys. I have to say, Rebby Hardy is not just, you know, the wife of Matt Hardy. And she's not Rebby Sky anymore. She's transcended just like Broken Matt did. You know, she's taken this character of a TNA Impact wrestler who was in the indies and just kind of busting her ass to try to make it through and dealing with a lot of, I would say, company drama, just a lot of issues with the whole bureaucracy of the indie circuit combined with the bureaucracy of TNA is it going to live or die um she's been there through the Billy Corgan years the Dixie years like she's been there through it all the Jeff Jarrett moment thank goodness she got out but regardless she's been around the block when it comes to wrestling she's done her fair share she wrestled for seven years and she has managed to step out of the ring and take on so many different roles while simultaneously being very integral to one of the greatest wrestling storylines of all time and playing a character in the world of wrestling that is a whole new level level of queendom, a whole new level of monarchy. And I'm not just like kissing ass here for any like specific reason other than I just think that her and Matt and the entire broken universe are so unique, so different and so what we needed in wrestling. And I don't feel like she gets the credit she deserves. I mean, I really feel like she should be having her ass kissed by everyone everywhere. She should have millions more Twitter followers. She should have documentaries about her. She should be, I mean, she does, but I want her to just, I don't know. I want to see more exposure of Queen Rebecca and I want to see it on the WWE platform. Will we? Won't we? I don't know. That's why I fucking asked her, you guys. This is episode seven of Super Chick Party featuring Queen Rebecca, a.k.a. Rebby Sky, a.k.a. Rebby Hardy. Why did I get this tattoo? This is episode seven. Fuck that owl.
hell trying to get this episode out i said it i'm sure in the intro i don't even know i recorded the intro like a fucking week ago a lot has happened i uh i jammed my thumb i fucked it up i guess i fractured it i don't know i'm going to the doctor in the morning i've got a splint on it i've got new neighbors above me there's a lot of clinging and clacking people moving out in the front shit's crazy our rent went up and things have just been extremely stressful on top of that today is a very sad day you can tell far apart from the intro when I recorded this that this has been today's the day uh natty sweet sweet natty sweet little kooky natty natty Nightheart's dad died Jim Nightheart, and you know bless his soul I loved it when he had Lana just chunk that brick into his own daughter's windshield on Total Divas and I just you know I loved him in the Heart Foundation he was Jim the Anvil sir you wore pink like nobody could good luck in the afterlife uh hanging out with all the natties departed kittens cats she loves cats oh bless her god I feel so bad for Natty she's had it rough and she's finally starting to you know get this push this peak and now this happens and I'm just super bummed and uh today a a good thing happened that was really sad but something good happened that might make everyone feel a little better Renee Young is now uh doing her currently as we speak she is running on the commentary table for Raw tonight uh something that I have been hounding them on Twitter for here and there and great a fucking plane can you believe it it's like they they only want to fly when this podcast is happening oh my god I summon flight anyway uh, Renee's on commentary she was killing it I feel like they were kind of having her either purposefully go in very slow and just slip in a couple of strange like yeah add a boy and they did it and that's looking good type of coachy commentary and I really just want her to be herself. I hope she uh, gets more comfortable in that seat and doesn't let anybody overpower her. We all know how abrasive Corey Graves can be, but uh, I absolutely adore him as a character. I think him and Renee are going to be very fun, very, very fun on commentary together. As long as, like, uh, as long as Coach isn't there and as long as I don't have to deal with uh, Booker T fucking up constantly. It drives me nuts, but I do love the fights he gets in with Corey, so that's fun. Anyway, enough of that. Ms. and Mrs. Their show is still filming in Austin. No, I have not seen them yet. I wish I had. But let's let's go ahead and let's talk about the subject of today. Today, I want to talk about a woman named Rebby Hardy. This episode is called Fuck That Owl. And I'm just going to tell you a straight up story. And honestly, I don't even think I'm going to edit this thing. I think this is going to be a very raw, uncut episode. It's going to be short and sweet. But I wanted to kind of take my time and feel this one out and figure out what to say. Because it seems like the Hardy family's life moves very rapidly. And they have a lot of opportunities just fucking flying at them right and left. And I just love watching the story unfold. I feel like... 
I feel like Matt has rejuvenated Bray, if you will. And I love, of course, with the lake of reincarnation, lest we forget. And Rebby's playing a role now on a more, um, on a on a wider stage with the WWE Network. And I just want to first tell you a little bit about who Rebby is um, from what we can tell. Because Rebby, here's the thing. In wrestling, she's you see this very real provocative side of her that's just, it's endearing. And it's also like, in a way, it's like, man, if I was in a fight, I would want her to have my fucking back. Like, she can go. And I don't mean just in the ring. I mean just in general, in life. On Twitter, oh my God, she destroys. And we're going to focus on that today. Uh, You know, sometimes people want to slam people for talking shit on Twitter. But honestly, if you look at what all of these superstars go through in the WWE, they get thousands and thousands and thousands of opinions flying at them all the time. Even if they're not even currently on-air talent, if they are someone who played a role in the past of a superstar, they're just constantly getting tagged. And today I just want to tell you a really cool story about something that Rebby did for me. And I also want to talk about how fucking good she is at like just dealing with the Twitter drama that comes at her. She's really good at just slapping it out of the way like a forehand and a backhand. Like her mouth is a tennis racket and she will hit that ball right the fuck back and she will ace you and she is incredible on Twitter. And I hesitate to even say, you know, I want to talk about Rebby Hardy as a person today because the truth is, and Rebby's made this pretty clear herself if you read her Twitter, you know, nobody fucking knows her bitch. Like she is a person outside of WWE that we don't all know and outside of TNA and outside of the Broken Hardy universe in general as it spans across all time and space and companies, if you will. I just want to talk about the essence of Rebby that I see and why I think she's very integral to women's wrestling in addition to wrestling as a whole. Like it's not just women's wrestling. Like she is a woman who has affected a whole revitalization of storytelling that was very reminiscent of like the late 70s, early 80s, super hardcore kayfabe mixed with a very modern comic book story tale. The House Hardy, the Broken Universe, and the Woken Universe. It's levels, it's layers, it's like a fucking onion, you guys. So I want to talk about that today. And first thing I want to do is I want to tell you a little bit about what Rebby's character and the role she plays in wrestling, what I see it as. A lot of people like to say it's like so-and-so and so-and-so had a baby. Well, I think that's kind of weird, especially with the mix I got here. But I do think that she encompasses different parts of various characters. Let's step outside of pop culture and just say, imagine a board game. Imagine chess and you've got the queen. Like, what's her job? She protects the king. She kind of blocks people from getting to him. She is pretty much omniscient on the board. She fucking starts games. She fucking ends games and she rules that shit. She has more power than anybody around her. In chess, it's pretty inherently known that the queen kind of rules all, much like a bee. Now here's the other thing. Rebby not only encompasses this whole queen, this chessboard queen element, this powerful, like a, like a fucking army of knights behind her. She's got 
pawns. She's got everything. She's got this land. And she's created it in a way to enhance her husband. Almost like when we talked about in episode one with Miss Elizabeth, how a manager is not just a manager. Their job is to like elevate the talent. Although Rebby doesn't take on the form of manager in the storyline, he treats her like a queen. She, at the beginning, isn't sure how to control Matt, so to speak. But then she finds out how. And she learns that she actually really likes him broken. And it's really cool to see him grow on her and her take on the spirit of the broken hearty universe as it as it travels throughout TNA and eventually makes its way into fucking WWE where he becomes woken. They start doing promos. He's got you know, there's kids involved and shit. Like, it's so, it's cute. It's fantastic. It's scary. It's almost like someone made their own home videos mixed with amazing professional work that Rebby herself does to contribute. So I feel like she elevates the story in a way that is almost like the backbone, backbone of the Hardy story. Anyway, I'm getting way too in-depth on this. But I also think she fucking reminds me of Cookie from Empire because, you know, she's fucking loyal. She knows what to do do and she can fucking pop off on someone and talk some shit and I appreciate that I also feel like she reminds me of kind of like Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development like she would totally poison cupcakes for her children and I appreciate that and also Uma in Kill Bill just because she is an incredible fighter and she actually does a lot of really crazy stuff on the side that not everybody knows about so let's talk about that a little bit before we get going um first of all Rebby has a very vast past of so many fucking talents. She made belly dancing instructional videos when she was younger and she also performed at fucking, um, she's performed alongside uh, Ringo Starr. She's performed at Radio City Music Hall doing belly dancing. She is fucking epic at the piano. She's classically trained. She made Matt's entrance music for his broken Matt Hardy character and contributed to the Woken Matt Hardy brand. Um, She also did a shitload of filming and photography and just helping with setting up the background, the storyline, conceptualizing the entire Broken Hardy saga throughout it, both in the ring and outside. She herself was known as Rebby Sky as a wrestler and she wrestled for a very, very long time in TNA Impact and throughout the indies. So she's an amazing camera woman. She's a really good photographer. If you've ever watched the final delete, if you've ever watched any of the drone footage from Vanguard 1, a lot of that is Rebby. And if you look at her baby photography and just her random photography that she has on her website and on her Twitter, it's just, she's really, really talented. She plays the piano like a fucking boss. Like, she's really fucking good at it. She is a belly dancer to the point where also, and I forgot to mention this, she was voted by Sirius Radio's uh, Howard Stern fans as Miss Howard TV in the year 2000. 2009 and in 2013 she was actually in the movie uh pro wrestlers versus zombies and in 2009 and this is funny to me she had her own mtv true life episode titled 
I'm a sports fanatic and she was the New York Giants girl. Oh my God. To top all of that off, she is one of the people that Matt himself has said in the documentary that's featured on the network right now, helped him get his life together and get stable so that he could re-enter the ring of, you know, the woken one, of the broken one, of the indies, so that he could do this and be sober along with Jeff. You got to keep in mind with the Hardy Boys, you're not just kind of taking on one when you marry them. It seems like they come as a pack. They're almost like twins. You you have to be a very strong woman to deal with all of the fucking partying that they do. You know, they're from the Carolinas. So Rebby took on a huge feat because they weren't necessarily in the best spot. Some of their worst times she had to help dig, you know, Matt out of especially. And it's just really cool to see them stick together and how loyal they are. And it's also crazy how much shit she did. Anyway, so Rebby is really awesome at all sorts of stuff. She also has a rockin' bod. She's been featured in all kinds of magazines, posing all sexy-like. But now she's more of like a hardcore parenting, natural parenting advocate, if you will. She even, I believe this was her I saw on Twitter, made her own placenta capsules, or at least she advocated for it. And I just think that's kind of cool that she speaks her mind and doesn't give a fuck across all realms. Now, one thing that's really great about Rebby is she has the most supportive, sweetest dad, and his name is Senor Benjamin. Now, she is multilingual, obviously. She's very talented at the piano, musically inclined. She can dance. She can fucking belly dance, which is crazy hard. She has a super tone bod. She's a great wrestler. Um, She's struggled through a lot of bullshit. You can tell, like, when you watch shoot interviews with other wrestlers, I feel like they kind of bullied her, and a lot of it seems like like jealousy to me. I don't know. That's just my opinion. But anyway, I think that she is a quad quint every kind of threat you can imagine in addition to being a great photographer a filmmaker a mother she just does it all you guys and a creative genius like that is just someone that you pay attention to so I've been watching her Twitter um quite a bit and a long time ago about like I believe it was over a year ago at this point um, there was a point where Rebby, who, oh yeah, and I didn't even mention this. I totally, like, when I was looking at some of her old videos, I didn't realize how many wrestlers she managed or worked with that we see all across WWE in the Indies now. She worked with and managed Johnny Gargano, John Moxley, who we all know as Dean Ambrose, the lunatic fringe. She's worked with Matt Hardy, both broken and regular Matt Hardy, Tyrus, Jeff Hardy, aka Brother Nero. Like, she's worked with a lot of people and I should point out also that she's got some signature moves when she herself is in the ring they're the body avalanche the uh, hand scissors takeover the sit out face buster um she's got some nicknames people call her queen rebecca you can call her rebby sky I like to call her queen rebecca because it just is part of the broken universe and I like to stay a little kayfabe when I am doing my thing anyway here's the deal so rebby did something really special for me like a year ago I'm sitting at home I'm chilling 
and I was kind of having a really weird time in my life. I don't remember what was going on, but I remember I was incredibly bored. It was very hot because the summer in Texas, like right now we don't have the AC on. It's like over 100 degrees in here. It sucks. But I remember just sitting there sweaty in my tiny house and, and I had like an extra 100 bucks on me and I thought I want to get a tattoo and I couldn't figure out what it was, but my birthday was coming up and I was like, man, I really want to do this. So I was thinking I want a wrestling tattoo and I've always wanted one. I just had to wait for the right moment and I was debating because I really broken Matt the whole saga of it all I do not have time to sum that up today we're gonna focus on Rebby and her badass Twitter but the saga itself it really touched me it made me fall in love with wrestling all over again which I had already thought I'd done but you never know it's real till you see it and let me tell you man them returning at Wrestlemania I broke a glass on the ground I feel like if Rebby wasn't a part of his life that moment wouldn't have happened so I owe mad respect to that woman anyway I'm sitting there I'm chilling and I look on Twitter and I see Rebby tweeted something that was just completely oh my god like the epic smackdown of all smackdowns now just to give you a little history before I tell you what it is here are a couple of really fucking funny moments where Rebby just lost her shit on someone on Twitter um we'll start with this when she was attacked by this WWE employee who was kind of semi stalking her and mad it seemed on Twitter from what I could tell she was just being really incredibly rude and crazy and kind of racist Rebby called her ass out on it like she didn't give a fuck she tweeted at WWE model at WWE employee racist who thinks insinuating that my child is half black is the worst insult she can give like she and she put it in quotes like basically saying like first of all calling someone black is not an insult and clearly you are racist if you are trying to use it in that way and you do not deserve to work for this company and she called that girl out and it was like damn boy and every time this makeup lady talks shit to her she lays the smack down hard um here's another thing is when tna was trying to take over the broken hearty um copyright the name she tweeted truth is tna can't afford to go to court over this so they're going to downplay it to anyone who will listen and lie to look powerful that was crazy at the time because they were I believe they were just trying to negotiate Matt's contract and TNA was being really fucking terrible and not really helping out even though you know Matt Hardy and the Broken Universe is the entire reason that TNA got out of the giant pit of disastrous shit it was in after the Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins versus Dixie Carter turmoil that went on and then when Jeff Jarrett took it over I mean imagine juggling fucking managers it was really pathetic and the Hardy saga they independently produce shows for the benefit of a pay-per-view for a company that now wanted to steal their essence it was fucking bullshit anyway when Jeff Jarrett starts getting involved in talking shit he got a little personal and Rebby snapped back and she posted something that had not been known to anybody yet that no one had seen with the caption violation of ignition hot and fresh out of the kitchen and it was Jeff Jarrett's fucking DUI public record and no one had thought to pull it or look at it and it had the mugshot oh it was fucking great oh that was such a burn that got so many people talking then we've got Matt tweets this one day many valiant men and women remain in the TNA trenches fighting in the great war I may exist on another plane now but fight onward soldiers he's in character as his broken character and he's basically saying like even though I'm gonna go to another company I still respect your company and without hesitation 
hesitation, one of the Anthem is what they renamed themselves. They gave themselves this fucking owl brand. One of the Anthem guys, the executive vice president, Ed Nordholm, he tweets back at Matt. We think at Matt Hardy, we thank at Matt Hardy brand for a superb performance in Broken Universe. May the seven deities guide with their broken brilliance left behind. Basically saying, hey Matt, enjoy the afterlife post TNA, but you're leaving behind all the broken essence. All of that belongs to us. So say bye to it, buddy. And of course, Rebby Hardy steps in because she's not having that fucking bullshit. She texts in all caps on her Twitter. She tweets, laughing my ass off. Fuck you guys at the real Jeff Jarrett at Impact Wrestling at Ed Norholm himself. More than happy to play this game. Fuck! That was crazy, you guys. Imagine saying that to your husband's boss or his ex-boss, and he's trying to be polite and leave a company, and they just basically talk mad shit and tell him we fucking own you, and then she just like without hesitation, she's just like, "Nah, fuck you," and she just gets in their face like a loyal woman do. I love her. I fucking love that. I thought it was so funny. Anyways. She goes on to mention how Senior Benjamin, her dad, was never paid a dime by the company, obviously never under a contract. And for some reason, TNA is trying to claim that they own that shit too, Senior Benjamin. I mean, that's just completely crazy. Um, she goes on to explain the entire situation going on with Anthem that 20% of the roster has left in the span of a, re- of a week, citing all the same reasons. What does that tell you? Then a fake ass wishing you well tweet from Ed Norholm mere hours before threatening to sue us such a fitting end man seriously you couldn't write this shit well tna couldn't write this shit any writers worth a shit left too real cute how tna can go radio silent for weeks with the exception of nonsensical drunk text from jeff jared jj as she calls it but we get a two-hour deadline to respond Fuck you, think this is taken? LOL, I can't. Okay, girl, reference fucking Liam Neeson in Taken. What a genius. Good luck explaining to your talent that their paychecks are late again because you're spending all your money suing the Hardys. And you would think that's the moment when the mic gets dropped. Guess what? It's fucking not. Then comes the tweet that I would eventually have tattooed on my body because it was the sickest fucking burn I've ever heard on Twitter in the wrestling world. Well, that's for goddamn sure. She tweeted at Anthem, whose new logo is an owl. And fuck that owl. Oh, shit. Like, what? Ah, It was so fucking funny. That shit got retweeted so many times. People loved it. I loved it. It was like an, oh, snap. You are not the father. Like, it was crazy. And you'll be happy to know that Rebby, the Broken Universe, they went on. They won the lawsuit and were able to keep the character and carry it on over to WWE. I got that owl tattooed on my wrist so that every time I flick someone off, it's like I'm telling them, fuck that owl. And it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like fucking feminist. And if you don't like it, you can kiss my ass and suck a dick. Anyway, so that's the story of how I got this crazy tattoo. I still don't regret it. And here's the craziest thing. So when I get it, of course, I'm going to tweet a picture at Rebby because I want to know, you know, I'm fucking loyal as fuck, girl. I got your back. Rebby responds with, girl, my God, is that real? And DMs me and she strikes up a conversation and she's so pleasant and she's so nice and she's just like, 
like I'm happy it made her happy I think it did I hope it didn't creep her out but she acted like it was cool um but she struck up kind of a conversation with me she was very nice she was thankful for the support she told me you know are you gonna go to the South by show go show it to Matt and I was going to the South by show so I told her I would she asked for my address and guess what Rebby sent me a free t-shirt that says fuck that owl and I still have it and I absolutely love it and then she followed up to make sure I got it she was so sweet I went I saw Matt Hardy at the show I showed him he dropped everything he was doing and in character yelled oh delightful have you shown this to Rebecca and he was just so great um he gave me a big hug he took some pictures he signed some shit uh I got to watch him wrestle in the character of Broken Matt Hardy and it was amazing anyway so with that said I feel like it led to a moment where I not only got to meet my favorite wrestler of all time but I got this special bond with him and I also feel like you know Rebby is the reason all of this fucking happened and that shit she talked that day seeing her follow through seeing them win the lawsuit come to a settlement that allowed the broken universe to be shown and never giving up and saying exactly what she feels when she knows she's being done wrong that's fucking I love that man you don't see that that much in the world especially not in wrestling I mean in a world that K fame it's hard to call out someone for being fake but there is a glaring obvious difference between genuinely being a piece of shit fake ass and like being in a character and let me just say something. Rebby is as real as it gets. She respects her fans. She handpacks all that merch herself and goes to the post office and mails it off. And she sent me that shirt and did all that when they were backordered by weeks. And she was pregnant as shit with Lord Wolfie. Bless his heart. He came out so safe. He's so cute. He's adorable. Anyway, so here's the deal, guys. I reach out to Rebby Hardy because, you know, I talked to her a little bit on Twitter and I thought, you know, it couldn't hurt me as well, you know, see what she has to say and ask her a question and I didn't want to waste her time because honestly she's really busy she has a you know two kids now and they're dealing with the whole you know the documentary came out Matt's on the road there's just so much going on so I just want to ask her one question I asked Rebby does she have any desire to wrestle again and here's what she sent me back she said I don't think so I'm far too removed from the game at this point I love to be involved in the business in some other capacity though as a manager music production video etc person at this point I get more joy out of seeing the rest of my family in the ring with a smile face. Now I don't want to read too much into this but she didn't say Matt. She didn't say her husband. She said the rest of her family in the ring. Well I would absolutely love to see Rebby re-enter the ring. I totally understand her reasoning. She's the backbone. She's got to hold everybody else up and I think her music production obviously her film capabilities she's amazing at that shit. It would be so cool to see her right backstage with Bubba Ray Dudley just fucking doing it. You know what I mean? Or I guess Devon would be doing it now and Bubba Ray's over there being Bully Ray. But you know what I mean. I'd love to see her just fucking kick Kevin Dunn fucking right out of his chair and just take over man anyway I just it I'm excited that we got that answer it leaves me open to think that we're gonna see a return of the Hardy Boys with Maxwell and Wolfie in 20 years and oh my god how history repeats itself how fabulous would that be anyway guys I absolutely adore the Broken Hardy universe and if you get an opportunity go online and watch it it's all free on YouTube and you can also go on the WWE Network and see all of the Broken 
Hardy stuff, now Awoken Hardy as it has been renamed. Same basic storyline, but also we've involved Bray Wyatt, who at one point, if you don't remember, the Wyatt family was a target in addition to the Days of the New by the original Impact version of the Broken Universe. So that's really cool. It all comes fucking full circle, man. This has been our Rebby Hardy episode. Well, fuck that owl. And I just have to say to all of our listeners out there, all of my listeners out there, uh, this has been a lot of fun and I'm hoping to keep up this podcast as long as possible. I want to thank Heel Face Wrestling for being a huge part of helping me get, you know, whatever handful of fans I got, man. And you should go check out Heel Face Wrestling if you want any information on current Central Texas wrestling goings on. You also may want to take a moment and go visit us at Stitcher Radio Podcast and download the Stitcher app if you want to get more Super Chick Party on the go. And pretty soon I will be on iTunes under Super Chick Party. Um, I think I'm going to do the rest of the China China episode and wrap up season one and maybe do a season two of Super Chick Party. We will see. I might have a co-host join me and we might tweak it a little bit, but I'll let you know. This has been a fuck that owl. I'm Kat Ramzinski. Thank you for listening. Go at us on Twitter and Facebook at Super Chick Party and at Super Chick Party Podcast at gmail.com. Bless you. Oh, and fuck that owl.